we, we moved into the house that we're living in now, oh, look, some years ago. And if you come and visit, in the kitchen, there's one of those, you know, the island bench. It's one of those. And there's all of those drawers uh, within it. Uh, middle drawer, bowls. Feel free to help yourself, by the way, when you're there. Middle, middle drawer is bowls. And the one to the left is plates. It used to be the other way around, except I was getting confused. So we, we switched it. So it's, it's bowls here and plates here. We had to make that decision, you know, where does everything go? There's so many things in life that you have to bring order to, isn't there? You move into a house, well, where does, where does everything go? How do you order things? Thankfully, the people who lived in the place we're in but before us... They mostly had it all organised. They built a shed. Well, I know what goes in there, not the, the plates and the bowls, but the, the Honda lawnmower, uh, the, uh, the motorbike, the tools. Uh, they put in these uh, built-in bookcases. Well, that's where we'll put the books, and I'll, I'll make that room my, my study uh, as, as well. If you happen to have the privilege of being the designer, the, the builder, you're making all of these decisions for yourself. But when you, you move into this ready-made home, it's all laid out for you. The, the issue of the plates and the bowls won't go away. But a lot of those decisions, they, they've already been ordered. The Bible claims that God's world is a bit like this. The, the universe that we live in, we look at creation and we observe that there's order. As we move from night to day, we see the order. As one season is replaced by the next, we see the order. As we step through life stages from childhood to adolescence to adulthood, we see the order. Now, the bold claim of Proverbs is that wisdom... That is the art of living well in all of the ups and downs of life, or the good life, if you like. Wisdom is found in looking to the Lord, the great creator God, the designer, the builder, the architect. Just look at verse 19 and 20 if your Bible's there, chapter 3. By wisdom the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the watery depths were divided and the clouds let drop their dew. It's some picture, isn't it? You picture the, the Lord designing and, and building, ordering things according to what? To his, according to his wisdom. If you were here last week, we, we looked at that really key verse in Proverbs, chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It makes a whole lot of sense, does it not? By wisdom the Lord laid the earth's foundations. And so you want to get wisdom. Uh, you want to understand how, how this world works, how it's ordered to operate, how you are to function best within it. Well, you look to the builder, the, the designer, the personal and relational almighty God, the one who has made us to operate a certain way. And can I say I'm so thankful for that wisdom book of James in the New Testament 
where we have that promise in chapter 1, verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. So I reckon this afternoon, this is a question I'd love you to reflect on and I think uh, Proverbs helps us to reflect. How are you looking to order things in your life? How are you ordering your life? And life, look, it can feel chaotic at times, can't it? Uh, a lot more distressing than finding a, a bowl in that, you know, in the drawer instead of a plate. Life can actually, it can actually be a real mess. Um, occasionally when, when I'm sitting in a cafe doing some reading or something, I'll, I'll notice what's going on on the, uh, the tables around me. I, I, yeah, I'm trying to mind my own business. Uh, this happens to you as well, doesn't it? And sometimes I'll notice that there's some coaching going on at a, at a nearby table. Uh, a student and a teacher, one listening, one giving advice, uh, one taking notes, one dishing out a plan to follow. There's business coaching. There's life coaching. There's social media coaching. We all need some kind of coaching. So if we're sitting in the cafe now, as we open up Proverbs chapter 3, it's a masterclass, the teacher to the student, and it's all of life coaching. The teacher speaks. Our pens are ready. Look at verses 1 to 4. We read, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favour and a good name in the sight of God and man. So we're in the cafe and the, the ink begins to flow. It's the old biro, if you remember those. And there's some great things to note down here already, aren't there? Love and faithfulness must never leave me. And maybe if you get practical, you go and pin those words up around the house. Love and faithfulness. Love and faithfulness. There it is on the fridge door and the bathroom door. And while reflecting, the student's mind is cast back to Deuteronomy chapter 6. That famous verse, love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your strength. These commands I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit, when you walk, when you lie down, when you get up. The pattern for the good life has been set by the Creator. Love of God, love and faithfulness, the student's mind thinks forward from Proverbs to Jesus' words. You remember his summary of, of the law and the, the prophets? Love of God and love of neighbour. And we're sitting in that cafe, thankful for that reminder in verse 4. You see it? Life is to be lived how? In relation to God and our neighbour. But how does all of that work? Well, the teacher goes on, verses 5 to 8, pointing us towards the Lord. Uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. And we've got to acknowledge the difficulty of this as we're sitting in that cafe, don't we? Trust in the Lord with all my heart. But I'm tempted to put my trust elsewhere. I'm tempted to push against God's wise ordering of things and put my trust in the approval of others. Or to put my trust in the security that given by the accumulation of wealth. I put my trust in my feelings and and whichever direction they happen to lead me. I'm so tempted to put my trust elsewhere. But to do that, says Proverbs, is it's to follow the pattern of destruction. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. I love this line from from someone, um, where to order our whole lives under God and not just go to him when we run out of ideas. The the student says to the the teacher, I I understand the concept, you know, intellectually it's, it's fairly clear. But this is a difficult thing. Yes. Verse 9 and 10 gives a, gives a powerful illustration and example of what trust and submission looks like. You see it there? Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Sounds counterintuitive, doesn't it? Give your first fruits to the Lord and then your your barns will be filled to overflowing. What is it? It's a picture of trust. Not in the crop, but in the Lord. The first fruits of the crop were to be given to God and the poor, even though the size of the crop was still an unknown. Maybe you've heard that story that there was a a farmer uh, and one of his cows had unexpectedly given birth to two calves uh, instead of one. And and he said to his pastor, this farmer did, when I sell them, I'll give the proceeds that I make on one of the calves to the church. Uh, A few weeks later, the the man, he, he informed his pastor, oh, look, I'm sorry, reverend, Uh, But the Lord's calf died. (laughs) Tim Keller, he tells that story in his devotional book on Proverbs, which is worth reading, by the way. And And then he says this. He says, for many of us, it's always the Lord's calf that dies. We don't give to God in a planned, committed way. We wait to see if we have the money to do everything we want. And give to God only when there is excess. It's challenging, isn't it? If I trust in money and the security that it can bring, well, then I'm going to have great difficulty giving generously, giving sacrificially. If I so long for the new car, a new paddleboard, a new smartphone, a new investment property, a new whatever... 
I'll give to God after I've gotten those things. Well, there's an indication of, of where my heart is at. And we should be really clear here, shouldn't we, as we're reading Proverbs chapter 3, this is, this is just an illustration. God doesn't just want our money. He wants us to trust in him above everything else. Money just has a tendency to get in the way. In his wisdom, God has set a wonderful order to creation. The way of wisdom, the way of the good life, says Proverbs, is found in in ordering ourselves under him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. He will direct your paths, it could be translated. And we see Jesus, don't we, in the New Testament living according to the established pattern, leaving his wealth, lowering himself, submitting himself to God the Father, dying in our place and being lifted up. And it can all sound a bit painful, really. Uh, Like a number of you, we have some smaller children uh, in our household at the moment. And, and at times, helping them to go the right way can just be really difficult. Uh, some kind of event followed by time out is not uncommon uh, in our house. And after time out, there'll, there'll be some kind of discussion. At least this is how it's meant to work. Uh, why were you sent to time out? I can't remember. Uh, well, we want you to grow up to be big and strong. We want you to have a strong character. We want you to know how to relate to people in a healthy way. And the way you were behaving was not appropriate. That the parent has to set boundaries, don't they, to help the child to grow and mature. The disciplinary methods vary, but it's necessary. We see in verse 11 and 12 that wisdom, it's often hard won. You look at verse 11 and 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Life can be painful at times for all kinds of reasons But sometimes it takes pain to have our sin, our idolatry knocked out of us. Now, I'm sure you can think of examples for yourself. Uh, This is one that's been painfully helpful for me. I have uh, an inclination to wrongly put my trust in being liked by the people around me. It means that being disliked is particularly painful, but being disliked can also prove to be a wonderful opportunity. Being liked is a stupid place for me to have my trust. I think another common one for us today is giving too much authority, too much trust to our feelings. 
trusting our feelings even above God's word. We should listen to our feelings for sure. The generation above mine didn't and it didn't go well. We should listen to our feelings just as it's appropriate for me to listen to what other people think about me. But my feelings are not where I put my trust. Sometimes those things need knocking out of us and it's painful. A misdirected trust placed in someone, somewhere aside from the Lord, as painful as it may be as, as we work hard at this with God's help, getting those things knocked out, it actually means growing up. We're reminded of God's wise ordering of things and we find that our lives become more peaceful and secure. Um, Max and Betty are in their 70s, I reckon now. Um, they don't live around here and, and they're, they're a very unassuming, ordinary couple. But they have an enormous steadiness to them. I consider it a, a, a wonderful privilege to know this couple. But when I'm around them, I feel relaxed and it's secure. Life has not been easy for them, yet their trust and security in Christ is just really, really powerful. And we can think of lots of examples in our church family like that too. Yet I am amazed at how many spiritual toddlers there are getting around. And I don't want to be one of them. It's so tempting to throw a tantrum, isn't it, when God doesn't do what you want. While wisdom may be hard won at times, we see verse 13. You look there in your Bible, verse 13. Blessed are those who find it. Verse 14, she, that is wisdom, is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. Verse 15, more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Verse 16, long life in her right hand, in her left hand, riches and honour. Verse 17, I love this one. Her ways are pleasant ways and all her ways are peace. Verse 18, she is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold fast will be blessed. So we're in the cafe, uh, aren't we? Uh, I think the coffee kicked in and I, I forgot where we were. Um, we're. We're in a cafe and it, it's a masterclass. God has set an order to, to his great creation. Living in harmony with what is real, that is wisdom, there is nothing better than this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all, all of your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Life is to be lived in relation to God and our neighbour, in relationship with God and our neighbour. Just look with me at verse 27 to 30, relation to our neighbour. It says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, 
when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbour, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you when, you're all, when you already have it with you. Do not plot harm against your neighbour who lives trustfully near you. Do not accuse anyone for no reason when they have done you no harm. Just, just listen to this prayer I found. Uh, I love this. Father, I live in the most competitive society ever. And so I get fixated on what people merit of themselves. Let me remember that every human being, even the most flawed and broken, is of infinite value to you. Let me go beyond the platitudes to truly love my neighbours with my worldly goods. Amen. The Proverbs are loaded with practical teaching, aren't they? I remember someone, someone was giving parenting advice and there's, you know, there's all sorts of parenting advice out there, isn't there? And this, this person said, you should avoid saying, do not. Uh, do not do that. Do not. Uh, you should avoid saying that to your kids all of the time. Now, I don't know about that as far as parenting advice goes. But I love the way one commentator summarises uh, Proverbs chapter 3 with do nots worth remembering. They say, do not be wise in your own eyes so that you fail to trust that God's ways are best. Do not reject the Lord's teaching so that you miss the life-giving riches of wisdom. Do not lose your sense of judgment and discernment so that you take what belongs to your neighbours. I remember walking through our house uh, when we first moved in uh, and Jen and I were wondering together, we'd say, I wonder what what their plan was for this. I wonder what their plan was for that. It's amazing, isn't it, that that we live in this, this wonderfully ordered world. By wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundations. How are you looking to order things in your life? Are you leaning on your own understanding? That leads to destruction. Or are you trusting in the Lord? Now, I reckon this passage, uh, Proverbs 3, is a wonderful invitation to wisdom. Uh, And perhaps also uh, a rebuke that, that you may need to hear today. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the book of Proverbs. And we thank you for the beautiful pictures that it paints, for that picture of of you, Lord, laying the earth's foundations by your wisdom. And Lord, we thank you that we can look at this marvellous world and marvel at it, but not marvel at it for long before we're really marvelling at you. Lord, we praise you for you are the great wise one, that you are wisdom itself. Lord, would you forgive us for the ways that we have failed to trust in you? 
Lord, forgive us for the ways that we've been leaning on our own understanding. And Lord, give us the confidence to order our lives, all of it, every single bit under you. Lord God, we pray that you would knock out uh, those things that we trust in aside from you. Money, being liked, our feelings. Lord, please help us collapse into you that we might know the great peace that that brings. And, and Lord, now as, as we sort of spend some time uh, celebrating the Lord's Supper together where we remember that Jesus died in our place because we haven't trusted you. We thank you so much that in him you forgive our sin and you restore us to relationship with you. Uh, Lord God, please show even our hidden sin to us that we might repent. And please give us great confidence in the Lord Jesus, the great wise one who lived the life that we couldn't. And we pray this in Jesus' great name. Amen.